0: Need to understand that patience is really required to have a fulfilling career.
1: Welcome to the Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Lavender Lifestyle. It's Eileen. Graduation season is coming up, so I just wanted to dedicate this episode to our job seekers and career women. Today we're talking all about career. We're answering all of your questions about finding a job, how to negotiate your pay, how to network, and so much more. With us today is Lauren McGoodwin. Lauren McGoodwin is the founder and CEO of Career Contessa, creator of The Salary Project and host of The Females podcast today more than 1 million women use career contessa resources each year they are the only career site offering job search resources and the online learning courses required to advance in today's workforce because most career sites just help you to apply to lots of jobs or learn about companies Hi Lauren! Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle. It's so good to have you on. Thank you for having me. Totally! So I'm so excited to jump into all these career questions, but first, I do want to learn more about you. How and why did you start Career Contessa?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I, like probably a lot of people that graduate, I did everything right, quote unquote, did everything right. I went to, you know, studied hard, went to the right colleges, applied to all the right internships. I always joke I was the career center's poster child. I still graduated <laughs> with no job, no idea of what I wanted to do, even though I was like obsessed with kind of the career search. And I ended up randomly landing a job working as an admin assistant within a university. And even when I went in there, I was like, this is not for me. It was like windowless. It was just, it was bad. You know, you can just feel, you're like, this isn't going to be great. But yeah. I also think I was a bit naive that about just like how unhappy and how much that would affect me. So long story short, I took the job. I was unhappy. <laughs> I wasn't fulfilled. Didn't know what I wanted to do. I had all the feelings of envy and self-doubt and I was not particularly nice to myself, you know, like Mm -hmm. what was wrong with me that I couldn't get a better job and I was embarrassed to tell people what I did. I ended up getting this random assignment though one day to do some recruiting work for the university. So basically we recruited people that went to community colleges to come to the that college. So recruiting but like in a very soft way, so to speak. And I loved Mm -hmm. it. I really, really loved it. And that was the first time I discovered recruiting as a career. I ended up then reaching out to about seventy plus people for informational interviews, recruiters. Wow. To learn, yeah, to learn more. <laughs> 70 about. Seventy plus, yeah. Well, I only got about thirty of them to actually say yes. So it's definitely a numbers game. Mm-hmm. And what I did is I spent probably nine months having informational interviews with recruiters, learning everything I could about the career, and that was the very first time, you know, post college life that I remember kind of having this glimpse of hope and let me tell you just that alone is a game changer in every aspect of your life ended up yeah. using that information to land a job at Hulu as a recruiter worked my way up there had Just an amazing experience working for them. The tech company atmosphere was for me. When I was working at Hulu, I was enrolled in a master's program. And I was writing my master's on millennial women and career resources. And Career Contessa was actually the prototype for my master's. So originally, Uh like a lot of people, I was working, and I started something on the side for a completely different purpose, and I was going to kind of keep it around post-graduation for my master's to leverage it into another career opportunity, and then it ultimately, I left my job at Hulu to pursue it full-time, and that was like three and a half years ago.
1: And what was it that made you decide like, okay, I'm going to quit my job and do this full time? Was there like a turning point or something that happened?
0: Yeah, so I had been thinking about it for a while. And this is, I think, a really important part of the, the story is I graduated in May of 2013 and I launched the site officially in October of 2013. But you, you spend about a year working on your thesis before you graduate and finish it. And so that whole year that I was working on it, I basically was like, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do next, but I, sh- I, I might want to do something entrepreneurial-esque. I don't really know, and, but I better start saving my money. So. I had been saving probably like half of my paycheck for probably like two years before I actually left Hulu to pursue Career Contessa full-time. And so it was definitely something I was thinking about. I had launched Career Contessa. I was seeing a little success. I was definitely juggling both things. And the thing that was the actual turning point for me is I I went to South by Southwest for Hulu um, to do some recruiting work for them. And... I got a pass to go to the whole conference and I ended up going to, I went to one panel over the whole four days and it was this women's entrepreneur panel and every single woman said, I wish I had started sooner. I wish I had started sooner. Mm -hmm. And I literally came back after that trip and I told my brand new boss, poor guy, that I wanted to quit so I could launch a career site for women. (laughs) So I told him that in March, and I didn't leave until end of May, so I gave them yeah. plenty of time and notice and all that. But I, I definitely do not think it's good advice to just say, "Oh, you want to do something? Quit your job." Like I, I really feel like financially, I was, I was very, very okay for at least a while. I also had tested it out. Like I was, I had already launched Career Contessa, and I was doing yeah. some stuff with it and i also had an idea of what i was going to do to make money with it and even after i left hulu i was still a little nervous about all that and i was i had like mm-hmm. signed up to like walk people's dogs and i was on care.com you could hire me as a babysitter so you know the important part of the story i want to make sure everyone knows is that like you don't just leave cushy jobs and stable jobs to go entrepreneurial like cuz even when you have everything set up the way i did i was still very you know apprehensive about the Mm -hmm. unknown. And it's quite the transition to go from a stable job to
1: to not. Totally. And I mean, it sounds like you kind of had two dream jobs, because when you went into recruiting, that was what you loved to do. And then you found something else that you loved even Mm -hmm. more than that, right? Absolutely. So I mean, after going through that, can you give some insight on people who are a little lost, like what goes into finding that fulfilling career?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. It's definitely one I get asked a lot. And this is what I have found is the key to being fulfilled in your career is one, setting your expectations to understand that careers are not 30 years long. You know, it might be one or two, or maybe if you're lucky, four or five Your thing. So just setting your expectations to be like, what is a dream career, quote unquote? It might be a dream project, a dream Mm -hmm. job, a dream boss, a dream team. But more importantly, what I, the advice I give people a lot is don't focus on the job, focus on the company. I could have been a recruiter anywhere. And what I Mm. found by having so many conversations was not really so much did I like recruiting or was it a good job for my skill set, but more importantly, I figured out what type of company I wanted to work for. So I was able to narrow down my search to only look at startups that you know were within a certain size, within certain industries. I knew I wanted to work with people that were closer to my own age. I knew I wanted to work on a team and in a collaborative environment. And so I actually when I was first job searching, I didn't think about any of that. I, I really only thought about yeah. like salary and how far away was it? like How long was my commute going to be? Yeah. <laughs> and what I would tell people now, if you want to be fulfilled in your job, you first have to know what's the most important thing to you. Is it the people you work with? I mean, that's a big mm. one for people. Is it the commute? Is it the salary? I mean, for some people, if they're getting paid enough, they don't care what they're doing, you know? So right. it's really, really important, I think, for people to know what they want first. And and if you don't know what you want, then at least start with what type of company environment would you be happy in?
1: Mm, that's a great answer. I never really thought of that. It is a different answer for everyone because different things are important to each person. But For me, environment matters a lot too.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right, so now I'm going to move on to our Facebook questions because we have a ton, and I really want to share just the value for our community. So the first question is from Yunzi. What's the biggest misconception or mistake that you see female career seekers make that holds them back from having more fulfilling careers?
0: Oh, that's a loaded question. I'm sure (laughs) I think it's pursuing something because— that's what they think they should do and not because that's what they truly want Mm -hmm. to do. So maybe that is pursuing law school because you think that you know, having a corner office in a big law firm will make your parents happy or will, will look good on your LinkedIn profile. Or maybe you, you know, you take the assignment that you really don't want because you and, you know, and it's going to take you away from your family and this and that. And that's because you think that's what your boss needs you to do in order for you to get the promotion. So what I think holds women back the most is really kind of I always call it like the ambition trap. So this trap that we fall into Mm -hmm. where it's like, well, we think we want this and we work really, really hard to get that. And then once we get there, we're not fulfilled and we go, wait a minute, I did. And I I had this experience too. Like I did everything right. Why, why is this not working? Fulfillment is not an equation where one plus one equals two. And so Mm -hmm. you have to change your mindset, change your perspective and understand what it means to truly understand what it is that you want, you know, what will make you happy, not about what other people Mm -hmm. or society or, you know, your Instagram feed will tells you you should want
1: totally and that's not always easy or direct I mean sometimes you think that this is a fulfilling choice and it ends up not to be and that's just life you know
0: yeah and I actually think that's how most people figure out what they want is by f- yeah. going through things that they don't want so if you're in a situation where you're like I don't like this that's a good thing you know like yeah nobody starts right away you know with the thing that they're meant to do yeah
1: that's true. It's it's a trial and error and like don't feel like you wasted your time because once you find an internship that you're like oh my god I hate this like that's actually good cuz now you know what you don't want.
0: Yeah and I I think to, to that point, like impatience is, you know, we're a generation where we get everything when we want it right, right away uh, on demand. Careers don't work like that. It's like the one thing in our life where we're, we're not going to be able to hurry up the process. And so I, I think it's similar to managing your expectations on a night out with friends, like You need to understand that patience is really required to have a fulfilling career.
1: For sure. I was so impatient when I was like a new grad. I just wanted all the answers. I wanted to do like the route perfectly, but it doesn't work that way. No. (laughs) Okay. The next question is from Sophie. How do you narrow your focus on what area to pursue? And when you're having like decision paralysis with what direction to go in?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Analysis paralysis is definitely a thing. Yeah, I think honestly, for me, making decisions has ultimately usually come down to my gut. So, you know, you can do do the traditional things where you make the list of pros and cons for each item. I actually just had a friend going through this. She's moving from LA to Atlanta and she has two really amazing job offers. And so she's trying to figure out you know, which one does she go with? And she made the the pros and cons, you know, one was mm-hmm. offering more money, but one had better benefits, one offered that. And ultimately she, she's at a place in her life where she said, you know, one is a little bit riskier. And I think I'm going to go with that because ultimately when, the, when I got both offers mm-hmm. from both of them, that was what my gut said. But also she was given the advice that if, if money was the exact same, like if that was not a you know, a factor here at all, which one would you choose? And she knew right away that that was the one she would pick. So I think if you can try to remove, you know, the money factor or something else, um, that you feel like is like the only reason why you're still considering the other option and and ultimately Mm -hmm. go with your gut. And I would also like to like really point out that your next move is your best move because as long as you're moving forward, that's a good thing, right? And so you can't... You cannot pick right. wrong. Even if you pick the wrong job and you leave your, you know, a job you love and you pick something else and you don't like it, you can, there are options. Like there's, there's no door that shuts behind you in life that says you don't get to come back. You know, if you move like my friend, like if she moves to Atlanta and hates it, guess what? Los Angeles will let her come back, you know, and companies will let her come back. And, and I think that's just an important thing to remember because there's so much pressure on ourselves to pick the right one. And, There isn't necessarily a right one because Mm -hmm. as long as you're moving forward, it's the right move.
1: I love that so much because I think people, number one, they don't want to waste time. They don't want to make the wrong decision, but there really is no wrong decision because if you try it and it doesn't work out, like it's not a door in your face. Right. It's so true. People think it's the end of the world.
0: Yeah. And I think, but it's not, you know, I think honestly the biggest waste of time is is spending time creating a five year plan where everything is mapped out. Like that (laughs) talk about a waste of time is like trying to figure out every next step that you're going to take. Not only Mm -hmm. do you, you know, life happens while you're making plans, so you're cut off from potential opportunities, but when you're in this analysis paralysis, usually the thing that keeps people from listening to their intuition, their gut, is that five-year plan piece of them, you know, the part that's telling them, like, But that is the more stable company. You should do that, Mm -hmm. you know, or some, you know,
1: for example. And there's also another quote that comes to mind. I don't know if you know Marie Forleo, but she has this quote. Clarity comes from engagement, not thought. Meaning you can't just like, yeah, you can't just sit there and think it through. Like it's not going to work that way. You really have to like take action in that direction and then you'll really feel Feel whether it's right or not.
0: I mean, again, going back to the fact that I had, se- I reached out to seventy people for informational interviews. I, you know, <laughs> I could not have gotten the clarity about what type of company or career I wanted to pursue had I not been engaging with those informational interviews.
1: Yeah, totally. All right. So the next question is from Victorine. Where do I start when applying for a job for the first time without any experience?
0: Yeah. So the first thing you want to do is, you know, there are people out there that will tell you the resume is dead. The resume is definitely okay. not dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it's definitely not. So get yourself a resume. Create a LinkedIn profile. You know, you can. What do you do when you
1: have nothing to put on it, though? I know some people well, do have that problem.
0: Well, so I would say that I mean, unless you've literally have done nothing, 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 <laughs> nothing, it's almost impossible to have done nothing. Now. Have you done anything that you've been paid for? Maybe, maybe you haven't yet at this point in your life, but you probably haven't done nothing. You've probably, and if you have done nothing, then you need to start volunteering and take some online courses, get out there and do all the things that we just said, engage in the world in order to get that clarity. But if you are a, you know, let's say you're in college and you don't have any quote unquote work experience. Then you need to start volunteering for things. You need to start um, joining clubs and and get something on your resume. Even if your resume, if you have nothing and you just want to put on there, you know, the online classes that you've taken and point out the fact that I have a huge interest in XYZ, then go for it. Mm -hmm. If if that is the case too, like you really don't have any experience, I would highly encourage you to create a portfolio site and and have it be like a place to showcase the fact that you have tech skills, to showcase the fact that you understand like digital marketing of some sort. And you could just Mm -hmm. use the portfolio site to talk about topics that you're interested in and just use it to show off your writing skills. So if you have nothing, you could even start there. But definitely for like from the career perspective, you want to have a resume and you want to have a LinkedIn profile. Mm -hmm. And then the, you know, the cherry on top is definitely having a portfolio site.
1: Totally. I think a lot of people kind of sell themselves short on this area Mm -hmm. because they, they don't, they're like, oh, I've done nothing in my life. I have nothing I could put on my resume. When in reality, you, you kind of do like something like online classes. I don't think everyone would think to put that on your resume, but it's like, yeah you've taken this class or you've, there are things you just have to like truly think about it and see the worth in what you've done in the past.
0: Yeah. I was talking to a woman this morning who wants to return or she really wants to, I guess, enter the workforce for the first time. She got married young and had kids right away out of college. So she was like a bank teller or something like that. She said she would tell you that she didn't really have a career. And so she was like, I don't have, I can't put anything on my resume because I was in school and then I had kids and now I want to work for the first time. And I was telling her that being a mother and running a household Mm -hmm. and organizing the logistics of, you know, activities and kids, all of that is very worthwhile and that's the kind of stuff that you you need to put on your resume and she's like but that's not a job I said but those are the skills that you have and a resume is ultimately the advertisement of the skills and the value that you can bring to a company so you need to think about it like that like it's funny because you know we're all kind of wired like this where we think like there are certain rules to a resume and you're not allowed to break them and Mm -hmm. that's not really the case anymore
1: Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's just advertising your skills and everybody has skills. Everybody has something.
0: Yeah. And you probably know, like what do your friends always come to you and say, Hey, I want to talk to you about, I don't know, getting the lighting just right for my Instagram. Okay. Maybe you should consider doing something in social media, or maybe you should enroll in some design classes, you Mm -hmm. know, for, I'm just using that as an example.
1: What will you do for your dreams in 2019? Introducing the Artist of Life Workbook and Daily Planner by Lavendaire, tools to help you create your best year in 2019. If you love journaling, self-discovery, creativity, and productivity, these are perfect for you. Filled with 125 pages of questions and exercises, the 2019 Artist of Life Workbook walks you through reflecting on your past year, setting goals and intentions for the new year, discovering yourself, staying committed to your goals, and tracking your progress monthly. The Daily Planner by Lavendaire is a tool to help you design a productive, effective, and meaningful day. The Artist of Life Workbook helps you plan a macro view of your life, while the Daily Planner helps you plan the micro. Together, these tools will help you build your dream life one page at a time time. They're seriously life-changing and they make great gifts too. Go to shop.lavendaire.com to check them out. Sending you so much light. So the next question from Sumaira is, what is your advice for someone who just finished a degree in one area but wants to find a job in a different field? For example, maybe they did computer science degree, but they want to go into like project management or something just different. What are the first steps that you take?
0: Well, I would, I would definitely say that you're not alone. Probably like 90% of people who go to school for one thing are not currently doing it. Yeah, <laughs> so, and so the, what I would say is Think about what's going to be your storyline. So if you've been a computer science person, you know how to code, all that. I mean, that's probably a bad example just because everybody will want to hire you. But (laughs) let's use the example of like you went to school for finance and you really want to work in digital marketing well yeah. then recognize that digital marketing actually is a lot of analytical skills and you're going to be using excel a lot and you're going to be able to have to talk about numbers and conversion rates so where can you connect the dots between the experience that you have and what they're looking for and a really good way to do this is to print off so again let's say you want to be a digital marketer go print off five or six job descriptions for the same job title mm. so let's say the job title is digital marketing coordinator go print off five job descriptions for digital marketing coordinators for companies that are somewhat similar so if you want to do that for a fashion company find five fashion companies that are looking for a similar type role Mm -hmm. i like to print them out because i'm still old school and i like paper and pen and i like to circle the the commonalities between all the job descriptions those commonalities we usually call them keywords you're going to want to take those keywords and now integrate them into your your linkedin profile and your resume And now Mm -hmm. connect your story. So I went to school for finance, but I'm a highly analytical person. What I really realized is that while I love the numbers, I love the story that the numbers tell. And that's why I'm great at marketing. You know, Mm -hmm. something like that.
1: Wow. I'm impressed. That's like such a great tip. (laughs) (laughs) It will
0: work. Trust me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So the next question from Mel, how do you discuss your wage at the interview and don't sell yourself short? I feel like that's a good one.
0: Great question. Well, first of all, when I was a recruiter, we used to ask everybody in the phone interview what their salary expectation was. And one thing Mm -hmm. you should look up before you go to an interview is, in many states, and including California, it's illegal for them to ask you, what are, what's your current salary? So, for example, we never said, what's your current salary? We mm-hmm. said, what's your salary expectation? So, first, look up and see if it's illegal in your state because if they ask you that, you do not have to answer and sometimes they'll kind of bully you into thinking you have to answer that. Second of all, because you know that they're going to ask about salary, you should always be prepared with your number ahead of time. The worst thing you can do is say, I don't really know, I'm happy to hear whatever you guys are Thinking, like, do not say that it is like a blinking neon sign that says you can pay this person yeah. less because they're not, you know, they don't understand what the market value is for their skill set. Yeah. So, in order for you to actually come up with that number, there's mm-hmm. a few things you can do. You can certainly use tools like at Career Contessa, we have an anonymous salary database called the Salary Project, it's completely free. You can go on there and it will give you literally a list of all these real people who, you know, their ethnicity, their age, their location, their job title, and how much money they make. So you can use that to kind of gather a first round of information. Now, the second round of information that you need to gather is go talk to real people. See if you can find some real people within your industry and ask them if they will share a ballpark number of what they make. If you don't know anyone in your industry, the next thing you can do is go to people who are more senior and say, what do you think is the ballpark for this position? And then the third thing that you should be doing is literally adding up how much your life costs you. (laughs) So what are your expenses? You know, what are your fixed expenses, your variable costs? And then, you know, I heard this once and I don't really know where the exact equation came from, but it was like, Add up your expenses plus your fixed costs, add twenty percent and then add another twenty percent because women are usually paid twenty percent less than men. My personal opinion is that you know you wanna do all three of those rounds. And Mm. what you'll start to see is like, okay, the market value rate for this position for these skills is, you know, $50,000. So that's what I'm going to ask for. And then what's great is when they say, Oh, how did you get to that number? You'll, you'll be able to answer that so easily. And that is what you want to do and and where you want to start.
1: Yeah. I mean, do you recommend people like bump it up? Like 10, 15% or something, because usually they negotiate, right? Do you have like negotiating tips?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I you can definitely bump it up. Okay, so the saying these days is that you want to have uh, your fuck you number. And your fuck you number is the number where you're like, fuck you, I'm walking away. Mm-hmm. So let's say, you know, 50,000 is your I'm happy, everything in my life will roll well. I think they're paying in the right amount of money for my skill set at 50,000 but I would really love 55000 So maybe you say, you know, would you consider 58000 You know, you do your whole spiel and you say, I'd, I'd like you to consider 58000 mm-hmm. And they ask, where did you come to that number? You say, I did online research. I talked to other people. And, and that's what the market value rate is for my skill set. I really love what this company's doing. And I know that I could bring value in X, Y, Z. So you want to make sure they understand, like if they give you that number, what are you going to do for them? So, you know, this is not just throwing out a number. This is being able to back up that number with a lot of really strong evidence okay. and confidence. So you say 58,000, you tell them all the reasons why. They come back yeah. to you and I say we cannot make 58,000, we can make 54. And you say great, let me take some time to consider that. Mm-hmm. And then you say that's awesome, right? Like that's an example of negotiating. And, and maybe if they came back to you or if you said 50,000, they said there's no way we can do that. The highest we are able to go is 45 and you you know your right. your fuck you number is 45,000. You have to stay true to yourself and say, I really appreciate the time. I just I, I just can't at that at that number, and I'd love mm-hmm. to stay in touch, you know? And, you know, I don't really love that it's called a fuck you number just because it's like, seems so mean. <laughs> like, okay, well, like, you're screaming, and, like, there are just some companies that don't have that, the cash. But maybe you could say, look, I can't take 45. I would consider 50, but I'd also like to have one work-from-home day every week. Mm-hmm. You know, you could negotiate yeah. other things, too. Yeah. So, Before you go into negotiation, what you really want to know is, What is your number and why? What are you going to do for the company? And then, if they don't meet that number, what are the other things that you would potentially want to negotiate for? Because those are really important to you.
1: Mm, I love that. Such, such a good tip for those out there. The next question is about networking. So, how do you improve your networking skills, not just in meeting the right people, but also keeping those connections close?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, networking is like a muscle, and the more you flex it, the stronger it gets. You know, I don't, I don't, I know for a fact, like when I graduated college, I was not the world's best networker. I also think Mm -hmm. as you get more senior in your career, the networking is one of those things where you can offer help to other people more. So that makes you a stronger networker because it's like, what can I do for you? And you can actually do something Mm -hmm. for them. So if you are just starting out in your career, I think one of the best things you can do is peer networking. So that's networking with the people who are your direct peers, making sure you build strong relationships with them, keep it somewhat mm-hmm. professional. If they leave the company, you stay in touch with them. That's I think really important within the, like the first five years of your career. Now, when you get to like the five to ten year part of your career, those peers that you were once you know all coordinators with, now you guys are becoming managers and VPs, and you're, you know people are starting to move up, and that's why it's really important that you stayed in touch with them. Um, yeah. So now, you know, maintaining it is, could be as simple as following them on Instagram and, you know, sending them DMS every once in a while, connecting with them on LinkedIn. And then one thing that I do is every new year's, I have like a networking Google sheet that I keep track of. And every wow. year I know well, I'm, I'm like an extreme of this. Cause remember I do this all day long, but I, yeah. every new year's I go down my list and I find the people who I haven't chatted with pretty much all year and I send them a note that just says happy new year here's what's happening with me I hope you you know your year is off to a great start and I hope to like run into you this year you know so I that's how I stay in touch with kind of like third degree connections first degree connections are a lot easier so you know, that's, that's also something you can try. And we have, we have a networking tracker that you can download for free on Career Contessa, which is inspired by the one that I keep. So if you're, if you like that idea, but yes, I would say networking is so, so, so important. Do not take it for granted. I mean, I have so many good stories of like a networking opportunity that turned into this, that turned into you know, so just, just don't take yeah. it for granted. And most important is not just like quantity, but it's quality. So mm-hmm. make sure you're building really solid relationships.
1: Yeah. And I mean, how do you keep it feeling authentic though? You know, because sometimes it's, it's just so like, you know what I mean? Networking just doesn't feel authentic sometimes.
0: I mean, I think asking people about themselves. So like if I'm at a networking event, the first thing I'll do is ask people like, you know, what do you do for a living? How do you know the person or how did you hear about this event? Tell me what you do. I mean, I just ask them a lot of questions about themselves and you know, if there's something there where I feel like we can, we can connect I'll I'll say, well, you know, I work in XYZ. I think there's a lot of commonalities between this and that. Have you ever considered, you know, whatever it is? So I think it feels fake when it feels like everyone's just pitching their thing. But I think it can feel authentic when you genuinely, I mean, maybe it's not authentic to start with the the first few questions I mentioned, but eventually if you're really truly Mm -hmm. listening to the person's answers, you can start to ask them even more specific questions and that feels authentic.
1: Right. Okay. Next question is from DeReal. How can you pursue your passion and calling if at this moment it's not yet an option? Like for example, if you're broke, you can't afford to venture out into your passion or you know what I mean, you're limited in some way.
0: Yeah, I mean, do what you can, you know? If if you do what you can today and you know that you did your best, that's that's the best thing that can happen. And like I said, as long as you're moving forward and making progress, That's the best move you can be making. So an example of like, I couldn't afford to work on Career contest or like do Mm -hmm. some of the things I'm doing with Career contesta now, but I made little steps every day and those little steps do add up. So if you can't afford to go full time with your passion or do whatever, okay, what's one thing you could do today or one thing you could do this week that is like an investment toward that passion? And I don't mean investment like money. I mean, investment like time. Maybe it's just sitting down and journaling your ideas, for example.
1: Yeah, I also want to add that it just might be your mindset that's holding you back. Like some people use it as an excuse. Like I i don't have enough money or I don't have enough time or I don't, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. an excuse at the end of the day. So try to break through that.
0: What I have found is most of the time, it's like a defense mechanism. It's like they're, they're afraid of failing or they're yeah. afraid of not knowing what to do. And so they tell themselves all those things and that's why, you know, and it's like, that's why their excuse is valid, but they're constantly able to make an excuse on why that thing can't happen.
1: Yeah. Because if you really open your eyes, you can find people who don't have money and yet are still pursuing their passion or doing what they can in their way or people who are incredibly busy and yet they find time to, you know, carve out for their passion on the side. It is possible is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. I just interviewed this woman for our podcast and she's a time management expert and she has this great story about this woman who was so busy that she had nothing left to give in the day and her water heater broke and she was able mm-hmm. to find basically eight hours in her day to fix the water yeah. heater. And it's a pretty famous TED talk now. And she's like, the, the point I'm trying to make, is not that the woman fixed the water heater. The point is that when it's really important to you and it has to get done, you always can find time to get it done. And I think it, it yes. is it, it's it especially when it comes to projects that you're not getting paid for there's nobody like a boss who's going to be checking in to make sure you show up and you do it how do you motivate yourself to get that done mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's all about how you prioritize yeah awesome okay now i am going to move on to some rapid fire questions and this is for you Lauren okay so <laughs> okay. yeah so the first question what does your dream life look like? Oh
0: man, that's, that's also a loaded question. So I think for me, my dream life, I don't want to say balance. I think at this rate, I would just go for convenience. Ooh, so Okay,
1: dream, what does well, that mean?
0: So I have a pretty long commute. I commute almost three hours each day. So I would love mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, be closer to the activities I do I would love to be able to have a week where I schedule everything with enough time so I don't feel like I'm constantly um, sacrificing like the 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 thing for me to do stuff for other people and part of that is just like I wish it was more convenient Mm -hmm. for me to be able to do xyz but something will pop up I wish like it was more convenient for me to be home at a time where I could like cook dinner and learn how to like be better at cooking dinners and stuff like that so I think dream life, I don't want to say it's balanced, but I think dream life is just being able to say no to things, be okay with it, and not have this fear of missing out because I said no, yeah. but also have the, like just a little bit more convenience in my life.
1: Yeah. Honestly, it sounds like you could live that life now. It's it's a matter of like learning to say no or learning to manage your time better, right? 100%. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's totally possible though. Okay, the second question is, what is one book or resource that you recommend to everybody?
0: I've read a lot of good books. I like career and leadership books. I really loved Sally Project's Own It. Mm-hmm. I'm reading uh, Reshma Sojani's Brave Not Perfect. I think both of those are really good career books, even though they're very different messages. Brene Brown's Dare to Lead, also fantastic. So again, I'm, I'm going to give you like all career books because that's the kind of stuff I like to yeah. read. But I, <laughs> I think good. those are three really good books that, and definitely Dare to Lead and Brave Not Perfect are a little bit more on the, like, internal mm-hmm. work stuff, and Sally Projects Own It is definitely more on the, like, external work stuff, so I think that's a nice mix.
1: Awesome. Okay, what is one habit that has changed your life?
0: I'm pretty obsessed with getting 10,000 steps a day. I don't know if that's a wow. habit, but I... No, that is. Uh, I mean, I definitely like the little counter on my phone and being able to constantly, like, most of the time I'll take walking meetings and walking calls. And so like all uh, that little stuff adds up. So I think that habit has definitely been game changing, especially because like I said, I've got a pretty long commute and I'm, I spend a lot of time at the office. And so it's like, what can I do to do small stuff every day?
1: I love that. And I've heard like walking while talking to people and meeting is actually like, it gets your creativity flowing, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I do uh, should try that. Brainstorm- <laughs> yeah. If you like, if you have to brainstorm with a team member, take them on a walk and uh, I'm lucky we live in Los Angeles so the weather is good most of the time yeah. <laughs> and so if we lived in like Missouri we probably wouldn't be walking outside
1: all the time but yeah it's great I see all right so what is the best life or career advice that you've ever gotten
0: be patient it it will come you know like somebody told me that early on in my career like you're so impatient you just need like you just need to learn some patience which is why it's something I talk mm-hmm. a lot about and I think that person was totally right. Like, you just need to be patient. And and also, I've learned, I don't know if I was given this advice, but I mm-hmm. definitely have learned, like, just be kind to yourself. Like, taking yourself down a peg is not going to make, like, the career success come any faster, right? Like taking yourself down a peg and the negative self-talk is not going to help you in any way, shape or form. And my husband is really totally. big on that kind of stuff. Like if I want to vent about something, he'll be like, okay, but what can you do about it? You can't do anything about yeah. it. So you got to move on. And you're like, but I could uh. talk, but I want to, but I want to talk about this, you know? And I think, yeah. I think that sometimes really important advice is like, if there's nothing you can do about it and, or like you made the mistake at work and you learned from it, you have to move on. Don't keep dwelling on all this stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. I love that. And I think I I need to take that advice more too. Be patient. Be kind to yourself. Yeah. Okay, the last one. Finish the sentence. The most amazing part about life is? My family. Definitely. Aww. Mm Love it. All right. Lastly, where can we find you online, Lauren? So
0: Career Contessa is pretty much everywhere with Career Contessa. Um, We're pretty funny on Instagram at Career Contessa. Our website is careercontessa.com. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, which is way less exciting, but (laughs) is at Lauren McGoodwin. So we keep it pretty simple around here. And then I also have a podcast called The Females, which is spelled F-E-M-A-I-L-S. It's like female and emails mixed together. It's about women and work. Mm, so you yeah. can also
1: listen to me there. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lauren. And I'll link everything in the show notes and the blog post so you guys can check her out. Check out Career Contessa and the Females podcast.
0: Thank you so much.
1: All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. Next, make sure you check out the 2019 Artist of Life workbook and the Daily Planner by Lavender on my website, lavender.com/shop. Lastly, you can catch me on YouTube and Instagram at lavender where I have even more content for the Artist of Life. Sending you so much love. Bye.